Good to be with you guys. A few years ago, we were planting this church that uh, Steve alluded to, and uh, we got to the city of about two million people. I broke my foot, by the way, so pardon my, my limp here. I, I actually did a fake video a couple of weeks ago about walking across from LA to Ohio where we we're gonna speak. My own relative said, I think he has a bro- how can he possibly walk across the country with a broken foot? Anyway, they're kind of literal, they, my, my family, I guess, you know, so. But I, I'm doing better now, so. Um, but we began to, uh, got this heart, we want to reach the whole city. We, we came here not to start a church. We came here to change a city. There's a difference. There's a big difference. And, uh, you know, the church uh, will come about as a result, really, spontaneously, more or less, of what the Spirit of God is doing. We said, what are we going to do to change it? How can we even break into the city? It's a super conservative city, Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, about 2 million people. It was rated about the first, <laughs> the first month we were there, I read an article in the uh, USA Today, ranked the friendliest and least friendly cities in America. Cincinnati was number zero. It was at the very bottom of the whole thing. It was the most unfriendly city in America. And then a few years later, uh, I'll just jump ahead. It, they rated it about uh, 12 years later. It was rated, guess what? The friendliest city in America. What a quinkadink, would you agree? And uh, so we began to, at the early edge of this whole thing, I remember, you know, this prayer walking. I did prayer driving because it's too big. Driving around the center circle freeway. Lord, just pour out your spirit. And after a while, I got tired of it. I said, Lord, these Ninevites, they can't. <laughs> these Ohio Ninevites, they, they speak English, but that's about it. You know, they don't really get it. And um, so uh, one day I'm, I'm looking through uh, scripture. Any of you ever have this experience where you're, you read what you've read, and all of a sudden you read it for the first time after 3,236 times? Okay, that happened to me in Romans chapter 2, verse 4. It goes like this, the kindness of God leads to repentance. Isn't that great? The kindness, there's a lot there. It's the kindness of God, not Steve. I have the capacity to be unkind. If my wife was here, she'd say, you could say that again. And, you know, not to her necessarily, but to, uh, you know, we, we all are, have, we're a mix. Right? Would you agree? We have our moments of being kind. But it's not Steve's kindness when he's kind. It's the kindness of God. Steve can be nice, but there's a big difference between nice and kind. Nice is a human reaction to just, you know, whatever. You know, one song that I know of is called The, the Milk of Human Kindness. And there is something to that. That's actually a line from... Uh, the play uh, Christmas Carol. If you watch some of the old shots of it in the movies, they'll say that. The, the uh, ghost of Christmas past makes him, makes Scrooge drink something, and he doesn't want to do it. And he, he says, okay, you got to do it. And he drinks it down. He goes, my, that was actually pretty good. What was that? That, Mr. Scrooge, was the milk of human kindness. You've never tasted it before. And that explains Scrooge, doesn't it, pretty much? If you know the story. And so Romans 2, 4, the kindness of God leads to, I like this version, the, the, the Peterson ending. What, what's the Peterson translation? The message. I keep forgetting. The message version. Some of you have read that maybe. The kindness of God leads to, get this, a radical life change. Ooh. That'll preach, won't it? I don't have time to preach today, but you get the idea. Maybe uh, that'll be part of what I talk about. But l- let me show you a little video here that kind of explains some of the variety of ways that you can do anytime, any place, the, the kindness of God that changes the world. Would you play that little video for us, if you would?
I am the son of your body. Who else could be your heir? The man best able to rule Egypt will follow me. I owe that to my fathers, not to my sons. And I shall follow you. Do not let ambition shave your prince's lock. I sent Moses to destroy a city. He returns in triumph. I sent you to build a city. Where is it? It will rise when I have put fear into the stiff neck. Who is that guy? You prepare for a marriage that will never be. You've been drinking honey wine. <laughs> I shall not let the Pharaoh and Ramesses be betrayed. Why should a slave care which Pharaoh rules? For 30 years I have been silent. Now all the kings of Egypt cry out to me from their tombs. Let no Hebrew sit upon our throne. What are you saying? Ramses has the blood of many kings. And Moses? He is lower cut, than the dust. Get him off the set. We've got free ice cream up here, guys. Stop. Stop. Come back here. Go. Proclaim liberty throughout all the lands unto all the inhabitants thereof. Where are you going? We've got shekels, we're feeding parking meters, an overdue chariot is going to be fantastic. Go on back, man. Moses, we're feeding parking meters. Fun stuff. Yeah, that was my short career in, in Hollywood. I. I don't know what it was, but they didn't have a good report afterwards. But uh, right about that time when we started out, we, we began to experiment with this idea. What would happen if we did stuff for free for people to show God's love, Romans 2.4?
that makes a, for a radical life change, did a car wash in our parking lot, which isn't the best place to do one because you want to kind of surprise people. The very best place to do a free car wash is in a bar parking lot or something like that. You get it? Like, what's the one? Uh, you know, uh, Hooters, for example. Do it in the Hooters parking lot. Okay. Uh, they, they would love it. We've done a number of those at the Hooters parking lot. Just don't go in. Okay. But uh, anyway, we did a car wash. The first person to come uh, was a, a guy, uh, comes in with his son. He says to us, first thing, uh, we're washing the car, doing a nice job. And he says, wait a minute, are you, kinda, are you Christians? We said, yeah. And he says, are you the kind of Christians who believe in God? And we said, yeah, we're that very small minority. Yes, we are. And, uh, and he says, uh, let me tell you a story. Uh, yesterday, my son and I went to the circus. Uh, we got a Mylar, one of those metal balloons that you can get, and uh, brought it home. My son was excited. On the way home, he began to talk to me about uh, God, asking questions. Is there a God? How can you know for sure if there's a God? I mean, there's so much craziness in the world. And what about sickness? And what about wars? And blah, blah, blah. All these old arguments. And he says, you know, son, I don't know. I'm just a 12-step recovery guy. I know there's a higher power. And I uh, hope that's uh, good enough. No, I need to know. So they get home. The son goes, I know I can, we can prove it. This eight-year-old pulls out a piece of paper, and it says, dear God, if you're if you are real, send people to us who know you. Signed, Billy and Dad. So he attaches it to the string on the balloon, lets it up in the air, because after all, we don't know much about God, perhaps, but he lives up there someplace, right? <laughs> if you're eight years old. And uh, let it go. And so here we are, less than 24 hours later. Are you the kind of Christians who believe in God? Isn't that great? What happened next? It was so easy to lead him to the Lord. You know, that, that same God who went out of his way to bring you to a free car wash, you have to be driving by and saw, what are the chances? I mean, it, it has to be a God thing. And even this guy who didn't yet know the Lord, I have a lot to share today. I don't have time to do it all. But call this a crop dusting message. I'll go by and I'm going to drop a lot of stuff. And some of you guys are going to get more than others. And one thing will stand out perhaps, hopefully, but that's kind of the way that I'm going to do it today. Now, if you have your Bible nearby, which I happen to have mine right here, it's a yellow one, if you see. Um, okay. Uh, Romans, I'm sorry, uh, Acts chapter 10. I'm not going to do the whole chapter, of course, but it's uh, uh, Peter who gives a second spontaneous message. In Acts 2, he gives this, I love this line, and Peter opening his mouth which means, help God, I don't know what to say. You know, he, he is filled with God's words and God's message, and it came through him. Peter opening his mouth. That was Acts 2. Guess what? In Acts 10, the same word is used. Peter opening his mouth. Depends which version you use, but it's, it's there. And, uh, and he began to, to explain Jesus, Jesus' ministry. And I, I believe that the core of the whole thing is captured in verse 38. To these people, they called it later on, because the Spirit fell at the end of the chapter, they called it the Pentecost for the Gentiles. And I'm a Swedish person, so I was really glad that that happened, because we are the most Gentile of the Gentiles, I would say, Swedish Viking types. But uh, look at verse 38. As the Spirit is about to be poured out, uh, he came to talk how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with great power, and he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. I like that last part, because God was with him. Is God with us today? Is he with you when you leave and go drive through McDonald's or, I mean, not McDonald's, Taco Bell. This is, you know, New Mexico. So, okay. 
Do you like, okay, some of you guys don't like to talk about it. Uh, but I, I love that, that whole thing. It, it kind of pulls apart. Let me just, you know, pull that apart for you and, and talk uh, just for a little bit here today. Uh, I like the fact that he says, Jesus went about. First of all, it says it was Jesus who did these things. I want to do what Jesus did, don't you? Some of the stuff he did, it, it was very diverse. When, when I first uh, started this church, I'd been going for about a year, and I was fit to be tied. Uh, it, it was incredibly frustrating with these Ninevites, I mean Cincinnatians. And uh, as I was, uh, I had three jobs at a time. I had a bus driving job. Ken Griffey Jr. is one of my students, thank you very much. And uh, I didn't know who he was until he, never mind. He'd been there for a year in my bus. And uh, so uh, I was a bus driver, I, I did uh, accounting work, and I drove a truck. I didn't know which time of the day it was to go to my third or first or second job. It was, you know, holding it all together. My wife did something, and my kids were selling pencils in downtown Cincinnati. Our dog was on Letterman doing tricks. You know, anything we do to get money. And so we, <laughs> we uh, kind of made it barely. And I'm driving my school bus one day, warming it up. And Cincinnati has a long-standing tradition that around the end of January, it has to get down to 20 or so below zero. It's a tradition. We can't help it. And so uh, there I was at this 20 below zero at 5.30 in the morning, which is about five hours before I would prefer to get up, actually. You know, I don't get up at 10.30, but you get the idea. I'm not really uh, very coherent or spiritual till much later in the day. And I'm sitting there warming my bus up, complaining. You know that complaining is an aspect of prayer, too. David did it all the time. Why, God? You know, that was him duking it out with the Lord. It's not just all happy, happy, joy, joy. It's, uh, there's sometimes where you duke it out. And I said, God, why did you send me here? Why is this so difficult? Why do I not have a real clear career at all? I'm a bus driver. I don't, I don't know what I am, God. Well, he speaks to me. And he says, the reason things aren't working is because you are boring. <laughs> and I knew that was the voice of the devil, so I rebuked it. Uh, <laughs> but it came back again. You are boring. God, assuming for one second here that this is really you uh, <laughs> versus the enemy, uh, uh, what isn't boring? Because the, the kind of the way it came was if you aren't boring, some good things will happen. Well, what Jesus did wasn't boring. And, and I felt impl- inclined to go back and to look through the scriptures at what Jesus did. Uh, we ended up seeing there was 39 things that he did. Some of them he did one time. Some of them he did many times. Some were incredibly supernatural, that unless big God, I like to call it big God, shows up. When I came out of my coma for a week or so, uh, all I could say was big God, big God, big God, big God. It's kind of fun. And they thought I had totally lost it because my blood pressure was 30 over 10 for uh, about an hour and a half. And uh, so they were pretty sure I had drain bramage, but uh, actually I have no drain bramage whatsoever. I'm perfectly fine. <laughs> so I came out of there big God, big God. What we figure out is that uh, Jesus went around and spread the message of big God. He brought him with him, those 39 things. About 30 of them you can do. Walking on water, God better be there. Here's another one, raising the dead. I haven't had a volunteer for that yet, but I'm looking. So if anybody here, okay, Steve, don't go dark. Okay, I'm just, I'm just kidding with you a little bit. Uh, uh, but there's a lot of what he did, which is completely replicable by us just saying, here I am, which is one of the most common prayers of Scripture. Would you agree? Here I am, here I am, here I am, here I am. And, and by the way, God calls himself, he is the, what does Yahweh mean? It's unpronounceable, basically, there's no vowels. But it means, 
I am. I am that I am. And so we say, here I am. I'm fully available to you, God. Take me, use me, whatever it takes. And so there we are. <laughs> if I fall asleep, pick me up. Okay, um, okay I didn't. Okay. Um, but uh, what, what comes down to it is we began to experiment. We said, if the car wash worked, what if we tried a few other things? So began to kind of experiment around a little bit. Uh, one of them was uh, toilet cleaning. That was a little more advanced, maybe, but I'll, I'll throw it out there. Going into restaurants and uh, places that are uh, public places, not homes, thank you very much. That was a little too intrusive. And uh, just had amazing contact after contact after contact. One of the more interesting one, ones was we went into the um, Hustler store, my wife and I, and uh, they, Jimmy Flint and Larry Flint, the famous Larry Flint, some of you guys know who he is, he's from Cincinnati. He got, you know, ceremoniously booted out of town. They even made a movie out of it, The People versus Larry Flint, which I wouldn't recommend as a movie, but you get the idea. He, he, he thought and thought for years, how can I get back into Cincinnati? He figured out a way with enough lawyers to get back into town because there's a lot of, of laws in Cincinnati um, about... Uh, pornography, et cetera. So he figures out a way to do it. He sets up across from City Hall. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Kind of like up your City Hall, up yours, the whole city. Well, what happens is we come in the very first day they're open. It's been very controversial. Christians are picketing. At one point, they're having a, it's the lead story in the news. And so Janie and I, my wife, get up at whatever it was, and we go down there with our little kit, and if you are really interested in the toilet cleaning ministry, I can give you a whole kit. I, 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 believe me, I've done this for years. I know what you need. I, I know what doesn't happen. Okay. Just uh, come to me. We bring our fully equipped cuts, kits in, and uh, there's Jimmy Flint, the brother of Larry. Uh, so can we help you? We said, well, we're here to clean your toilet. Uh, <laughs> uh, he does this Michael Jackson, you know, moonwalk thing, you know, and you get the idea. Other people do it too. Some of you guys don't know what a moonwalk is, and I can't do it today because I have, I'm impaired. But uh, he, he does one of those and said, I, I could have sworn, I just heard you say, you're here to clean our toilets to show God's love in a practical way. I did say that. And he says, who are you? I said, well, we're just here to clean your toilet. No, no big deal. No big conversation necessary. We just think Jesus does stuff like this. Not did, but does. And so we go back, we clean the toilets very thoroughly. Um, I, I do a great job. I mean, I am nicknamed the Toilet Ninja. I am so fast, it's a blur. You know, I'm saying it's kind of a martial arts meets cleaning altogether. Bruce Lee would, would appreciate my capacity as a ninja. And so we clean it, get done, go back up there. And he says, so you're doing this to show God's love in a practical way? Yes, yes we are. And he looks at the other guys that are working the store. He said, you know, we decided you can have anything in the store for free. Is that hilarious or what? I mean, for free. And Janie looks at me and says, like this. I said, well, I wasn't thinking so either. But, but uh, are you the ones who clean toilets? And that's a radical one. But there's a lot of things between a car wash and cleaning toilets you can do. Amazing, amazing impact that could happen. For example, you drive through Taco Bell. And uh, you, I, I do this all the time. I do it at Starbucks. I pay for the person's meal behind me or the person's whatever. Taco Bell's my favorite. You know why? Because about $1.99, you can eat like a king. Now, what they put in it, don't ask. Okay, don't, don't ask, don't tell. And uh, I know it's not normal stuff, but for, you know, a taco for 39 cents, how can you beat it, whatever. And uh, so what I do is I say, how much is the meal behind me? Uh, da, da, da. 
And they, they'll say, oh, well, I'll pay for it. Sometimes it's too much. I don't have that much money. And I'll say, what's the one behind the car behind me? <laughs> well, that one, I can afford that one, okay. And then I tell the person at the, at the counter, the, the window, tell them this is to show God's love in a practical way. And that this is just what D- Jesus does. And seriously, most of the time they write it down as I'm talking. This is the stuff that Jesus does. You know, yeah, what is going on there? They're being evangelized. Hello, they're being evangelized. The not yet, I don't call them non-Christians. Would you drop that word? Because they're, they're, they are maybe temporarily non-Christians, but if God gets his way in Albuquerque, guess what's going to happen? The whole kit and caboodle is going to come to Jesus. Right? It's his power, his doing. I, I like to call them, I used to call them all sorts of stuff, you know, not yet believers and unchurched. That sounds like if they go to church, they got it together. I don't think it works that way quite. Unchurched. Oh, now they're church. Praise God. You know, but uh, uh, we're doing the small things with great love to change the world. Mother Teresa said kind of that. She said small things, great love. We, we changed the end of it. To, we'll change the world. We eventually built a gigantic building and blah, blah, blah that would hold the people. And uh, across the front of it in about... One or two foot letter says these words, small things done with great love that change the world. And we agreed if we ever get to the point where we don't do small things, we do big things, and they don't change the world, we're going to plaster that off because it's a misleading uh, deal there. So, but, but so far we're still doing it. I'm not the pastor anymore, but it's still going on big time in Cincinnati. Well, what, uh, what goes on is we, we, we discovered that there's just a, a variety of things that we can do to uh, plant seeds to begin to change Albuquerque, Los Angeles. 22 million people in Los Angeles alone. I'm getting to know one of the five bishops of Cincinnati, not the archbishop, I'm sorry, I said Los, Los Angeles. And uh, I think there's going to be an amazing thing happen there, actually, in, in huge, cool, cool ways. Because anybody can clean a toilet who loves Jesus. Anybody, and maybe you don't start out there. Maybe you're going to do the windows. We'll let you come in whatever level you are. Maybe you, you don't, you're introverted. You don't want to talk to people at the car wash. You can be a wheel person. You can be down there all day long under everything. Well, get your knee pads. You don't get hurt. And just do wheels. Eventually, guess what? You'll probably get more courage. Work up to the windshield. Okay? And then maybe one day you go whole hog and you want to talk to somebody. Fantastic. We'll meet you where you are, as you are. And uh, if you are a wheel person the rest of your life, fantastic. But I think you're probably going to get a little more courage. Well, what we do is um, these the small, itsy-bitsy, little, bitty things. You know the song, teeny-weeny, itsy-bitsy, te- uh, polka-dot bikini, remember that one? It's like that kind of thing. Teeny-weeny, little, bitty things. Jesus did a lot of that kind of stuff. And, you know, we don't read about it everywhere, but, he, but it's alluded to here. Go back to verse 38. Jesus went about. If Jesus did it, I want to do it. I want to define who I am, who Jesus is, who the church is. Would you agree that today there's a, a modicum of confusion about who the church is? Yes. Preach it, Steve. Okay, I appreciate that affirmation there. Uh, that today, like no other time in my lifetime, and probably in yours as well, has there been a more confusing, more polarized point? Those guys way over there, them there are Christians. That's where they talk in Ohio. Uh, them there are Christians over there. I'm talking to you guys over there. And then them non-Christians over there. There's, you get the idea. There's like a gigantic divide. And by the way, if you're a Christian, you will think A, B, C, D, F, G. We all know that. Even though I don't go to church, we all know that. And you will vote for da 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 
Well, I don't know what's going to happen in two years when the next vote happens, but this will happen for sure, is that the divide that has happened requires more than ever, maybe more than ever, 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 that we define continually who Jesus is, who the church is, who we are. How do we do that? It's not by more talk. Talking is fine, but this ought to be the answer to the doing. You don't answer before you do. You don't answer before the question is asked to you. Well, people try to do that. They, they anticipate maybe they've, sometimes they've read too many books. And uh, they just need to go out there and get something going. Jesus went about, second part. He was not a, uh, a guy who stayed behind, who just prayed. Of course we pray. Of course we value scripture. Of course, of course, of course. But as you do these things, by the way, you're going to pray more probably, and you're going to listen more, and you're going to read more of scripture, and you'll probably give more because we begin to get the idea that it's not about just containing, it's about giving. I'm not a pan, I'm a pipe of the presence. I get it here, give it out. Get it here, give it out. There's, Jesus did that all the time. And here's Peter. I have a feeling maybe he was just now as he's speaking some of you guys that have been speaking a fair bit, Steve, you can write this maybe. In the middle of your talk, God interrupts. <laughs> and it's not like something goes crazy, but all of a sudden you get it. I think this happened right here with Peter. Ah, maybe he got it already, but my suspicion is he didn't quite fully get it. And he goes, ah, it's Jesus went about doing good to all kinds of people and going on. So he, he went about. Again, something you and I can do. We drive through Taco Bell. By the way, it's not just a, a ship passing in the night. How will they know I'm a Christian other than the fact they told them I was? Tell them that you go. Tell them I go to a New Life City. Uh, if you guys have a, if you remember the website, newlifecity.org, put it on the little paper. Uh, I have cards. We have cards. We, we print lots and lots and lots of what we call outreach cards. And as people leave, we say, take a few with you. Take a few with you. And uh, as you show God's love, refer them to that. If you don't have a card, guess what? I have a site, kindness.com. I mean, that's super simple. Can, you can remember that, can't you? Kindness.com. That's one of my sites. If you go there, you'll probably kind of get the, get the point of the whole thing. And it's not like a gigantic evangelism site, but it's, you will get the lots and lots and lots of stories on it goes. And they'll be, I, I believe I've seen it over and over, they'll be drawn in. He went about, what did he do when he went about? He did good. What does that mean? I think that there's this giant human spectrum of what it takes to be doing something good as doing something kind. I'll use that word because it's the same thing here. He went about doing good and kind things to all kinds of people. Now, what, is, what does good mean? And how do you, you know, I think um, it has to do with being able to read the need in people's lives. There's a, a quote by, um, I'm trying to think who it was right now, but he says, uh, be kind because everybody you run into is bearing a very heavy burden. Every single person bearing a heavy burden. And so there is a, a numbers of opportunities, if you could just pick up on it, in each person's life. As you go to the Taco Bell, as you do the whatever, whatever, you know, guaranteed, you, probably that was the perfect timing for that lady in the, in the window, right? You've seen it happen before, haven't you? You happen to come along at the right time. You're just kind of minding your own business, you know, you know curly mojo, and you're just being who you are. That was a TV show. Okay. And... Uh, you give them the, the, the money, whatever, you go your way. Uh, a while back, I was uh, on my way to speak in Columbus at a, a church, their denomination, their initials are Nazarene. And as I was uh, on my way, nearly late, 
Uh, I have just such a love for coffee and caffeine. Does it, you know, we need a group, some people like me, you know. Uh, hi, my name's Steve. I drink a lot of coffee. In fact, I eat the beans on occasion, you know. Uh, and so we, I'm, I'm there. I, I see him behind me. I'm in a hurry a little bit. The line is going slow. It is the biggest Starbucks I've ever been at. Not this size, but I would say at least two-thirds of this room is gigantic. And so I said, what are you getting? I just said it, and they said, blah, 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 blah. And I, I said, it's on my card. Well, the, the, the wife goes, so what's the, the deal here? And I, I said, well, I just think that Jesus' love is better shown than just talked about. And as you show it, of course they want to talk about it afterwards. And I said, I, bought your, I want to show you God's love in a practical way. I think Jesus does stuff like this. Well, this lady had a yellow pad, a pen with it. She bends over like this. She lets out this guttural, very loud, uncomfortable sound. Ah! It was like uh, Rorschach. Is that Rorschach therapy or scream therapy? What is Somebody knows what I'm talking about. Anyway, that goes on. And I take a giant step backwards because I don't want people to think I made her do that. And so... I looked, I actually had people staring at me, I go, like this, and uh, anyway, I didn't, I literally did not even touch her, and I, her husband goes, there, there, honey, it'll be okay, and uh, uh, so I said, what's going on? He goes, well, last night, our 19-year-old daughter, she's, we never told the other kids, she's our favorite kid. <laughs> Don't tell your kids that, okay, uh, but uh, she's our favorite kid, and she went to a party, she took ecstasy, she fell to the ground, her heart stopped, and she died. And uh, he says, we're here today with the yellow pad planning her funeral. And on the way into the parking lot, not 30 seconds ago, my wife said, we're not spiritual, uh, we're Jewish, but we don't even go to temple, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and where is God in all this? Where is God in all this? Five minutes later, whatever, what kind of drink are you getting? That was worth about $6, would you agree? Do you think that was a seed planted possibly in her heart? Yes. Just a little bit of generosity. A little bit, taking a little bit of a risk. I mean, who can't turn around and say, what are you getting? But boom. And if you're a real introvert, they give you yours and you go, pardon me, you're out the door. You know, just doing it to begin with. The little teeny itsy bitsy thing. And I, I don't know the end of the story. I, I told her, come with me to this church, this incredible speaker speaking today. It's, it's right down the street. She laughed a little bit. Anyway, uh, so you get the idea. He went about doing good. You know, something doing good initiates a process more often than not. It isn't like they, we do one thing and boom, they come to the Lord, although that does happen on occasion. Uh, what we are doing is we are nudging people. You know the nudge? Or you could say escorting. We're grabbing their arm a little bit and just going this direction. Another step or two. How many steps does it take to come to the Lord? Well, I know it takes a lot more now than it used to. Uh, back in the 70s, some research was done, found out that it takes about seven, on average, uh, times of uh, direct, uh, you might call it revelation or, or direct contact, not necessarily just a physical thing. It could be a bumper sticker, honk if you love Jesus. That was one of my seven, okay? It sounds crazy, but God can use itsy-bitsy little things, even things that you would never guess would be spiritual, that God uses that as a message. Well, uh, itsy-bitsy uh, progressive things go on. First, uh, Corinthians 3, 6, you don't need to look it up. Um, I, came, I, I planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. I like the end of that, especially God, but God gave the increase. Can Steve lead people to Christ? Can Steve Stewart lead people to Christ? 
hope you would say no, Steve, because it's the, the act, the power, the activity, the, the gifting, the presence of spirit that does that. But our job is, guess what, is to nudge, nudge and nudge and nudge and nudge. And uh, today, I believe, I have a, a seminary professor friend uh, who uh, teaches at Asbury Seminary down by Lexington, Kentucky. He's written a number of books. He's recognized as an evangelism guy. He said, uh, I think, and we compared notes a little bit, it takes between, I think, late teens up to about the mid-20 mark for people to come to Christ these days. Why? Because the, the world is orbiting further and further around uh, from a biblical basis for, for living. I got to spend an hour with Billy Graham a few years ago. Uh, as Steve and I often say, before he died. They didn't get it. Okay, you ever have people say, I remember <laughs> three people. Okay, uh, come up to me afterwards. Uh, but uh, I got to spend an hour with them. Uh, we did a gigantic outreach in Cincinnati. We touched 300 plus thousand people in two hours. We had 300 churches. Can you imagine in, in Albuquerque if we had, I mean, 300 is a lot. It took a while to get them together. But if you, we had 300 churches or 100 churches, it would be dynamic. All of a sudden, the city's getting a redefinition. Those guys are about serving. They're about humbling themselves. They're about being generous, as Scripture says. And he said, Steve, the, the world is so far, you know, orbiting so far away. He goes, what I did is going to finish with my death. And uh, this, the thing I was at was his next to last um, he called them missions. They weren't crusades anymore. They were missions. And he goes, I tell you what, Steve, in light of everything I can understand about what you guys are doing, I, and he charged me, basically, I charge you to do this the rest of your life and to go everywhere you can and to talk about it, to write books about it, and uh, on and on it goes. I mean, I, I get chills every time, you know. And, and kiddingly, I told a friend, and then he waxed prophetic. And I woke up and a day later in the, in the gutter. I don't know how it got there, but he, he dubbed me. I thus dubbed you. Okay. Anyway, you get the idea. It was kind of a joke, and people think it's funny in Cincinnati. Okay. Um, it's a process. Sometimes the process leads to healing on the spot. Sometimes to salvation. It just depends on where they are. It's not my responsibility to make something happen. And it's not your responsibility either to make something happen. Your job and mine is that simple prayer, here I am. I'm open for business, God. And if it includes giving away some money, if it includes uh, blessing somebody, whatever the case is, uh, I'm here to do it. And uh, I could go on and on about stories of the giving thing. You know that in the, uh, if you have the Bible app, which is on your, this is the Bible for most of us now. And uh, the Bible app goes into the uh, Orthodox Jewish Bible, the OJB. And in uh, Galatians 5, translates the word goodness. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. I never got that word, did you? My grandma used to say, goodness me, oh my. And I go, I don't know what that means, but whatever, grandma. You know. And uh, they translated, guess what? Generosity. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, comma, generosity. When the spirit falls, we become, I believe, from the inside out, newly connected, generous people. Not like we do it 24-7, but we are capable, we are open, and God will use us to do that. And I've I just seen it over and over. I was with a, a group of people a couple of weeks ago, and one guy said, I'll pay for the meal. It was about 10 people. And I thought, wow, that's a lot of money. And he says, you guys pay for the tip. We put our tip together. It was about $100 for 10 people, I think it was. The lady just goes, she does a blink, you know. Bonk, bonk. And uh, so this must be a mistake, blah, blah, blah. No, we, we think that Jesus is generous. And we love Jesus, and we're not sure where you are, that's okay, but uh, we think he likes to show generosity. 
Do you think that that lady is still thinking about that tip? Yeah. Do you think she's still thinking about what we said? To show is better even than to, to talk. And, uh, you know, who, tell, who knows what exactly. It goes on, uh, doing good to all. I, I like that. All, all means, there's a, it's a Greek word, and when you look it up, it's a dynamic word. Guess what it means? All. <laughs> you can write that down if you want to. Uh, to all. Who was not eligible to that all word? Zero. Everybody is eligible. He went out and he, he showed his, the goodness of God, the Father, the kindness of God that leads to a radical life change. He showed it to, to all. He still shows it to all because he's no less present now than he ever was. Would you agree? Because the power of the Spirit, the presence of the Spirit, which I felt and I still felt now in this room, is, is, uh, abides upon us. We get a bunch of us together. We're dangerous. Where two or more you get together, you're dangerous. <laughs> and the Father is there. And it's fun. It is more fun than, you can, than you've had recently. Don't go to California, to Disneyland, or to Orlando, Disney World. Don't do that. Just go have fun uh, by going out and showing. Well, you can do this first, then go to Disneyland. But... Um, uh, I, my favorite verse probably in, in the Bible next to five other favorite verses is where the spirit of the Lord is, there is fun. That's a slight mistranslation. But you get the idea. Liberty, fun. Seriously, it's about the same idea. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is fun. And I think the reason churches grow, I think the reason that we are dynamic individually is because we really are willing to have fun. And, and again, that was part of the problem in Cincinnati is that, you know, fun is not, not cool. It is now, but it used to not be cool. And uh, eventually that little group of, uh, I, I think it was about 10 when we did the first car wash, it grew a little bit larger, a little bit larger. They would, people would say, do you want to uh, be a part of what we're doing? Well, what do you do? Well, come with us. We'll go do some stuff. we feeding the poor. We bought a bus, took all the seats out of it, put in long clothes racks, men's, women's, children's winter coats. And then at the front of it, you, you get off and you get a couple of bags of groceries. Then all of us who want to learn to hear the voice of the Lord better, we get to carry the groceries back with them. And what we do is we say, God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, give me a word and show me what's going on. One of these early ones, walking along, two or three people, my daughter, Laura, was there. She's bigger now. You know, kind of <laughs> she grew. And as we are walking along, I say, God, what's going on? All of a sudden, there's these two ladies that lived in this uh, very rundown apartment area. And uh, I felt like the Lord said, this lady slipped on the ice. I just opened my mouth. When I, when I take a shot at these things, I, I think to myself, what is the worst that could happen? What is the worst that could happen? I just don't come back to this place ever again. And they'll never remember my name. So, so I say, did you slip on the ice in January? You tore your cartilage in your right knee and you need to have it repaired surgically, but you're afraid to get surgery because you think you'll die under the anesthesia. And she goes, who are you? I said, I'm Laura's dad. That's who I am. And she goes, you're a man of God, aren't you? And I said, well, I hope I am. And I said, let's pray for you. And I go to pray, and I said, let's let Laura pray. She's like seven years old. And I said, she goes, I don't want to pray. And I said, I'll get you a second happy meal. I'm, it's not beyond me to, to bribe children. And, uh, and even, why? Well, We'll get you an extra toy plus to do Happy Bill. Okay, sold. And then she goes over, what do you say, Dad? She'd seen us pray for people, but she needed a little bit of destruction. To say, uh, knee, heel. How's that? <laughs> Gets pretty easy. Okay, knee, heel. She goes, I say, say it again, Laura. Knee, heel. The lady goes, wow. This, Laura's hand starts going like this. 
dad, I don't know what's going on. Four Happy Meals, okay, uh, just hang in there. The lady goes, I don't know what happened here, but my leg feels completely hot from here down to my ankles. And she does a TV thing. She does a deep, you know, thing. I said, don't do that. You're... No, you know what she does? She goes, I couldn't do anywhere near that just a bit ago. Is that cool or what? A small thing. Yeah, thank you. Good. <laughs> small thing, great love, change the world. It it's, couldn't be simpler. I think we like to complicate things as, as humans and especially as Americans. We need more education, need more books, da, da, da. read the books. In fact, there's three good ones out there now. But, um, <laughs> but, but, but the point is, go and do, go and do, go and do. He went about doing good to all kinds of people. I like that word all, one more thought on that. Who isn't welcomed into the kingdom? Here's a more practical one. Who isn't welcomed into your life? Who, who is so bad they are not welcomed into New Life City? Do we, do we need somebody out there kind of scanning people? We've had some real odd people show up at our church. I mean, I could tell you, I could do a whole message or two just on the odd things that have happened because we said, come one, come all. Uh, but I, I mean, you don't have to believe in Jesus to come to your church? No, not yet. You probably will eventually. Well, I don't want to. Well, just come anyway. You know, it's, it's incredibly, incredibly fun stuff. Um, <laughs> and then lastly, um, oh, you want to hear one story real fast? Okay, this lady comes running, and we had a room just like this, doors, and then the end. She felt like God told her. She also was a manic, hadn't taken her medication a couple of days. That's part of the story. She gets a bottle of Evian. She runs around the room three times, the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit, and she sprinkled Evian on people she ran along. Okay, can you imagine you brought your mom on Mother's Day for the first time? That was Mother's Day. And she's sprinkling. Well, our, our ushers are so helpful. They were opening the door for her each time she came by. <laughs> Praise the Lord for that. You know, and, uh, and then lastly, finishing up, the healing power of God came. They were healed. They were restored. But the beginning point was Jesus went about doing good. I think there's a call in your life. I know there's a call in your life. How it starts, the specifics, I don't know. I'm leaving pretty soon. Maybe I'll never come back. I don't know. But here's one thing I know for sure is that there's a calling in your life. And I think the easiest way to activate that. Uh, and, and if you need a little bit more activation, is to begin to be generous, to begin to give away, begin to talk and to explain and to answer. I, I have had so many people tell me, you need to explain how to come to Christ. I say, well, just start answering their questions. It's that simple. You show them love. They're going to ask you all the questions they wanted to know, and then you just, you just answer the questions. Every time we've led people to Christ, it happens pretty much that way. The, I love the car wash story because it... It gets into the idea that the, the key to the human heart is a little bit of kindness and a little bit of risk. One last story. I was in Best Buy, and I was uh, walking around looking for a, something, a little accessory for my iPhone. And I, I, I felt like I should uh, go and talk to this guy. I had a real sense of, of clarity. This guy over here, this salesman, if you go over and, and uh, offer to pray for him, he'll let you pray, and I'll give you a prayer. I love it when God gives the prayer, don't you? Because a Steve prayer is, yeah, you know, it's kind of Casper milk toast, but a God prayer, a Jesus prayer, whoa. And uh, it's an inspired, timely, at that moment prayer. I walk over, I said, you know, you don't know me, of course, but may I pray for you? And it hit me, if I say open-ended pray, I personally be a little skeptical. He may be there for 10 minutes waving his arms and jumping up and down. I don't know what he's going to do. Uh, I said 10 seconds. Can I pray for you for 10 seconds? 
You know what? Jesus prayed for less than that in public. He would spend all night in prayer, probably many times, but he prayed very brief, less than 10-second prayers. Of course, they were like, come out, or <laughs> be quiet. You know, Those were one-second prayers. I kind of like that. And uh, I did not do one of those with this guy. I put my hand on his arm, and boom, as clear as a bell, I see him in a medical school classroom wearing one of those white, white smocks. I know these guys because they were my doctors. <laughs> Some of them, they were practicing on me at the teaching hospital. That's funny. You guys didn't? Okay. They were practicing on me. And, and I said, uh, Lord, on his first day of medical school, I pray that you would show him that he didn't get here by his own efforts, but his grandmother prayed and opened the door. I look up. This guy's a huge guy, basketball player perhaps. I don't know. But I look up, and he's dripping here, and he's, he's crying. Uh, glasses are off. He says, who are you again? <laughs> I'm Steve. You know, our... You know, where do you go to church? Of course he asked that. Well, I go to da-da-da, vineyard, da-da-da. And he says, uh, he asks the questions I get all the time. He goes, uh, uh, is there a place for kids? Yes. Then he says, um, uh, how long does it last? And we've had to kind of edit it down a little bit over the years because too long is not interesting to people that don't go to church. If we do it partly to include them. And then lastly, he said the, the clincher, would someone like me fit into a church like yours. <laughs> I just got a tear in my eye at the time. I, I said, golly. I said, you know what? If there isn't, if you didn't fit, this is the deal. I'll go start another one with you. Because we had already started eight. It'll be Steve and Jimmy's church. <laughs> we'll call it, how's this? Steve and Jimmy's Big Fun Church. <laughs> yes. But when they get there, they realize the Spirit of God is there. Would you stand with me and pray? We're going to close up here. I'm going to land the crop duster. Put your hands out in front of you, would you, if you feel comfortable doing that. Just palm up. Come, Holy Spirit. Rest upon us. Lord, we know there are people that are bona fide evangelists, but you say in your word that we are to do the work of evangelists. So, Lord, to each of us in this room, we open our hearts to you. We say, God, use me. God, do something through me. Lord, let me be a pipe and not a pan to give away all that you give. And I pray a release of courage upon your life. I pray a release of daring that you'd be willing to step out to take a bit of a risk by the presence and the power of the Lord. <laughs> and to enjoy it as you do it. I bless you with that. Lord, let the, the anointing for evangelism, the anointing for gathering, fall upon this place. Lord, let the sponge of the Holy Spirit invade our hearts to know you, to give away. Lord, change Albuquerque through our church, through us. And we all said, amen. God bless you guys.